welcome back to the pod. It's us again. Hey, have you ever watched Disney's 2003 hit motion film, Holes? I sure have. Have you? Oh, it's my favorite movie and my favorite book. Shout out, Louis Satcher. Hey, if you ever had to go to Camp Green Lake, what do you think your nickname would be? This is a good question. Probably. <laughs> Back it up, Terry. Let's go it again. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a fan. She's trying to bust out our walls <laughs> right now. Okay. Should I just let her in? Maybe. I don't know. Hang on. Pause this, y'all. Sorry. Hmm. That's a good question. Mm, probably Biggie. Big E. Biggie in the house. Biggie in the house. Biggie in the White House. Woo! What would your name be? So, I'm not going to be very original in this. It's another character from the movie and book, but Barf Bag. Yeah. We talked about in episode one. Mm-hmm. Barf Bag. Barf Bag and Big E. I kind of like that. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the pod. It's Big E and Barf Bag. And today we have an exciting special guest star for you, Damien Lavaro, who played Elia Yelnats in Holes Oh, yeah. And for reference, if you don't remember who that is, it is Stanley Yelnats's no good, dirty, rotten, pig-stealing great-great-grandfather who cursed the Yelnats family for generations. The man himself. All right, so should we get into it? Let's go. All right. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the pod. Hey. (laughs) I'm Damien. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks, thanks for being here. Yes, so today our special guest star is Damien Lavara. Did I say your last name right? You nailed it, yeah, Lavara. <laughs> Perfect. Yes, so um, we reached out to Damien, and um, he graciously accepted to be on our podcast, and we are going to get to know him a little bit better. Um, fun fact, so we found him because he is in my absolute favorite movie of all time, The Masterpiece Holes. And yeah, so we're going to get to learn about a little bit more about uh, his time there and you know a little bit about his personal life and um the other things he's done so yeah thanks so much for being on and we're excited to get to learn about you well thank you so much it's an honor to be here yes okay so first kind of question here is what made you say yes to being on our little show here it's oh, a great question i'm glad i'm glad your first question about yourself um <laughs> <laughs> um you know, I got I got um, your um, your direct message, and I looked at your Instagram, and I and I noticed that you had I think like thirty followers at the time, or you're following something. It, it was a low number, and and, and I could tell that um, this is clearly something you're passionate about, and I could tell that uh, you two had decided that you wanted to make something. And and and, and the story that I told myself is you're like, well, what if what if we just reach out to this guy? What if he says, yeah, you know. And my whole, um, my whole kind of MO um, for being a person, but certainly for being an artist, is like artists helping artists. You know, we can't get anything made without each other. And 
A, it's an honor just to be asked, you know, to be on a podcast, I think, for someone to be interested in what I have to say. But then B, like, you can't have a podcast if I don't say yes, you know? And there's so many people that have said yes and graciously helped me along my way in my career. The least I could do is say yes and be interviewed by two people, you know? That's so simple, and, and it's, it's great to be able to do that. Absolutely. Well, we thank you so much again. We were so excited when we found <laughs> out. We were like, what? Someone actually responded? Yeah. Cool. yeah, we appreciate it. Super happy well, with you. Well, yeah, you. so yeah, so getting to know um, about you now. So where did you grow up? Uh, I grew up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, and uh, for the audience listening at home, you can't see a big smile comes across my face when I say it. Um, <laughs> I just love that town. I just love being from that town. I love growing up in that town. Um, and there's a lot of me that misses that town, but, you know, I love being in Los Angeles. I've lived here for about half my life now. I lived in Pittsburgh half my life, but that's my roots. Um, and, you know, Pittsburgh is a very uh, humble city, very blue collar city, has a great work ethic, and it also has a great arts community. And it, it's a city that um, takes pride in itself. Um, and even when it's down, you know, it, it, it has pride and it has, it has respect for itself. And, and those are the values that were instilled in me. And I think that um, being from there, coming out to Los Angeles and pursuing an acting career, all those, um, all those values uh, ended up uh, helping me, you know, in, in so many situations, you know, being an actor is a very difficult path. I think being an artist in any, uh, in any medium is a difficult path. And you're going to have some pretty low times, you know. Um, and I feel that that reflects the city where, you know, in the 70s, we went through a horrible time when all the mills closed and all the people were downtrodden, but Pittsburgh didn't get down on itself. You know, it, it put, put its hard hat on and it went to work. And for me as an actor and as an artist, and just really as a person these days, you know, I, I try to never get down on myself no matter how hard things are. I put my hard hat on and I go to work and, you know, the results speak for themselves. Do I always get what I want? No, but I always get what I need. And that is a crucial lesson I learned from living in that city. Wow, we love that so much. Love a city with heart and just, you know, everything's about the people. That's incredible. Mm -hmm. Okay, so since we kind of talked about um, Pittsburgh already, you know, we were going through your Instagram and you were a huge Pittsburgh Steelers fan. I can see you from your mug. So uh, we want to hear yeah. about that. Yeah, that's so fun. I was drinking my almost spit. <laughs> it's like perfect. Like I'm drinking my mug. I can see it has a Steelers emblem on it. Like, yeah, he's a big fan. Um, yeah, so I love the Steelers. All right, like, and there's a reason for that. I'm, I won't give everyone a, I'll try, I'll try. I'm rather verbose, and especially when I'm talking about things that I'm passionate about. Um, but the long story short is that Pittsburgh is a, a football town, and uh, we love our Steelers. And in fact, in Pittsburgh, 80% uh, of the TVs are uh, turned on to the game during Sundays. So it's like, we love it. And I moved out here and I'd heard that there were Steeler bars everywhere. So I wanted to go to the Steeler bar uh, to try to reconnect, you know, meet other Pittsburghers, watch the game. And every time I went to a bar out here, it was like watching a Raiders game, which no offense to Raiders fans. They're great. But, you know, Oakland, Los Angeles, Las Vegas, it's not Pittsburgh. And so I'd go to these places. And I'm like, this isn't Pittsburgh. This isn't Pittsburgh. So the following season, like, I'm done going to those places. I'm just going to start my own. I got three friends from Pittsburgh, maybe five. I'm just going to invite them to the same bar every week. And we're going to go. And that grew and grew and grew. And it's been almost 22 years now. And wow. I, what a lot of people don't know is that I, I uh, am the president and founder of the largest and oldest independent Steelers fan club here in Los Angeles 
called Steelers Nation West. And if you were to watch football, Steelers football on Sundays, you'll see the cut. We always get a shot. There's three banners allowed to hang in the, um, I'll always call it Heinz Field. They're calling it something else. I don't know what it is. But there's three, <laughs> there's three banners allowed to hang in the for the stadium. It's, uh, it's the Enzer Mob. It's Steelers Nation West, which is us. And it's the Mexican flag. And they're up every, every, every home game we're up there. And it's such an honor. Um, this passion of mine has carried over. And now, like, I'm part of, if you were to go see a Steeler game, even though, like, you know, I'm not in the big, but I'm part of the, the, the in-game experience. You know, like, we're there. We're represented. Definitely. We take a lot of pride in that. Yeah. And, and, you know, I love the team. I love the players. I don't care who's playing. It's black and gold. <clears throat> I'm in. You know, I just love it. And, and for me, and I'll, I'll go back to this briefly. For me, that, that group has now become, it used to be so much about um, watching the game. And now that group has grown so much that it's really about the community and the sense of community for, you know, for myself. But also, I remember when I came out here and I, I, I couldn't go to a bar. I couldn't meet other Pittsburgh people. I couldn't meet other, we called Yinzer. I couldn't meet other Yinzer. I couldn't meet other fans. And I now have a place where, you know, someone can come out from Pittsburgh. And it happens every week. Someone comes out and says, I heard about this bar. I really want to meet you guys. And I've made so many close friends through that. I've seen people get married, have children from our group. <laughs> That's yeah, so we cool. We have like another generation now, like the whole thing. And so uh, Steelers Nation West is really important to me. Um, and, uh, and again, you know, it's about the game. I love, I love watching it. But for me now, it's really more about the community and service of that community. So the users or Pittsburghers always have a place in Los Angeles to call home. For sure. That's awesome. Yeah. So if you're in Los Angeles, y'all. Yeah, come to Steelers Nation West. Yeah, come to Cabo Cantina on Hollywood Boulevard. We'll wave a towel. All right. Yeah, so, you know, forgive me, Texas Cowboys fan. I don't really watch right. football, but, you know, I'll, I'll, I'm going to root for the Steelers now. Yeah, yeah. you are. That's you turn this into fans. Out. Yeah. That's right. I'll do, any, I'll do another project just for that. Sounds good. All right. So, super cool, super cool. Um, okay, so you're an actor. I am, So. Yeah. What made you get into acting? Oh, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I just laugh. If I didn't laugh, I'd cry. Uh, um, <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, no, you know, I, I, what I can say is that um, how it all really started is uh, there was a film being shot in my neighborhood when I was about 10 years old in Pittsburgh again. There's a film being shot in my neighborhood called Bride and Black, and uh, Susan Lucci was a star, and I believe Adam West, who was Batman, was the other star. And it was a made-for-TV oh, wow. movie, and they were shooting it on the boulevard, and I lived about a block away. So I went up, I was like, oh, man, you know, and I saw, like, the, the film crew, and I saw that they turned the candy store into, like, a flower shop, and, like, I was just blown away, and I just saw, and so I was like, man, I'm going to be in this movie. Um. And so I just crashed the set and I crashed the set as an extra. I was like, just trying to blend in with all the crowd. <laughs> and, That's awesome. And like action and I would just start walking in and they couldn't stop me. And the director eventually was like, get the, who are you? And I was like, I'm, I'm Dean. And he was like, look, dude, if you're not in this shot. Like I'd have all these shots without you. And now you're cracked. He's like, if you go home and you don't come back to my set, I promise I'll put you in this movie. And I was like, all right. So I go home and mom was like, what's going on? I was like, you know, um, they don't want me up there and I'm, I'm going to be, he said, you'll put me in it. I get a phone call and I don't get a call, like maybe the like, claim minutes, I don't get a call from like the AD or from like 
production. I, it was a phone call. Remember, this is before cell phones. This dude had to find a phone. He calls my mom and he says, hey, it's the director. Not like this is a dude who's got a lot of other things on his plate. And this is how much of a pain in the butt I was. He said, look, Marguerite, that's my mom's name. Marguerite, please keep your son home. Don't let him come back up to the And I promise I'll put him in this movie. All right. And she said, yeah, no wow. problem. So about a week later, we got a call. And um, I was, he put me in as a featured extra. And I was playing, um, I was playing like handball. And I was like, all that happens, the camera, like Susan and Adam were walking on the street and the camera just pans by me, right? I was on set all day and I watched the whole thing happen and I just fell in love with it. I just, there was something about it at that young age just felt right to me. Like I, I wasn't doing anything with being an extra and that's important too, um, but I loved it. I loved it so much. And after that, you know, and of course it's being actors. I'm like, I want to do, I want to say words. I want to ask. Um, and so that's what started it. Um, and I think it's important to remember, you know, like for me, like to be interviewed on this podcast is so important too. like to talk to people in Texas who I've never met. Like I started as an extra, you know what I mean? Like I started as, a, as an extra who wouldn't take no for an answer. Um, so to now be where I am, you know, in, in any capacity is, uh, is, it's really a blessing in my life. And, and it's, um, it's, I think, a, a testament to hard work. It's a testament to um, pursuing what you want, accepting that people are going to say no a lot of times and believing in yourself that eventually they will say yes. Um, and so that's how I started acting. That's what brought me to acting. There's a lot of reasons why I continue to do it, including the passion and love I have for it, communication with others, expressing ideas. Um, and, you know, also like being an actor to me is, uh, you know, I'm a canvas. I am, I am an expression of other people's work. You know, I'm an expression of the writer's work. I'm an expression of the director's work, the lighting work, the costume designer, the makeup. And I'm here to display their talent. You know, and I, I'm, I'm very lucky that I get to have a, a talent that I'm passionate about um, that is directly related to, you know, uh, helping other people um, express themselves as well. So it's like a very cyclical thing. It's very important to me. And, um, and then again, it, it all ends in communication with the audience. Yes. Wow. We love that so much. Okay. Um, so the next question we have is um, one of our listeners sent this in. Stacy. Shout out Stacy. She hey, wants hey. to know. Um, so could you tell us a little bit about how you got your role on Holes? Okay. So they were shooting Holes on the boulevard in front of my house. And I, I'm just kidding. <laughs> wow, really? <laughs> and I would not say <laughs> Andy Davis called up my mom. He's like, your son's in LA. Please. Um, I had moved out to Los Angeles and I had been a working actor in Pittsburgh. Once I started studying acting, I started working pretty early. I, I was a child actor and child mom. I started working professionally really early. Um, and like I said, that's, that's, I think that just re reinforces the idea that this is what I'm supposed to do or this is what I'm driven to do. Um, so I had like a nice little resume under my belt. You know, I was a working actor in Pittsburgh. I worked on all the productions that came through. And I was... Um, I was able to sign with the manager and with an agent pretty quickly once I got out here because I had a horror film coming out um, that I shot in Pittsburgh. And they were like, yeah, we're totally interested in whatever is going on with you. You're leading a horror film. Like, that's more than so many people have out here. Um, and from there, I was able to start auditioning for stuff. And I think Holes was one of, it was early, it was a very early audition for me. It, was, it might have been one of my first features. I don't know. I, I can't remember now, but um, I auditioned for it and I got called back. And I got called back again. 
And the third callback, and this is very unique situation, doesn't happen. The third callback was actually out on um, the ranch. They're, I believe they were already sure they were pre-production. It was out on the ranch. We see a lot of Elliot stuff. And Andy Davis, or Andrew Davis, Andy Davis was um, in his trailer. And he had me, and he had Sonia, who um, is Myra. And he had another guy and another Myra, right? And so that other guy was going to, he had two Elias and two Myra. And he brought us into his trailer and he paired us up. <clears throat> and he said, okay, you know, group one, go. Okay, group two, go. And we had to audition in front of each other, which is crazy. That never happened. But also so thrilling to be able to watch this. Um, and the other thing is that the guy had, the guy was from Latvia, and Elliot in the, in the film and in the book, of course, is from Latvia. Mm -hmm. And this guy who I'm auditioning against is Latvian. So he's got, so he, yeah. So he's, wow. that's intimidating. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, he's like, where are you from? And I was like, I'm from Pittsburgh. Where are you from? He's like, Latvia. <laughs> um, but what was good about that, and this is a little, I don't, I don't think I've ever showed this, what's good about that is I heard his Eastern European accent, which is a Russian dialect. And I did not really have one. I was like working on it with a couple of friends, a couple of actors. But then I heard his and I was like, oh, all right, mine's just, okay, I'm saying that word that way. Okay, I'm good, I'm good. That's my biggest concern. Like, I knew my acting was, was solid, but I was concerned about my accent. So watching him perform and watching, hearing his accent sharpened mine. I was like, okay, cool. And then I felt very confident. And then um, luckily me and Sonia, you know, we really had like a nice chemistry and, and she was a wonderful actress. And um, I think a day or two later, I got the call that, that I booked it. Um, and that's how, and that's how it started. That wow. is so cool. So cool. Um, yeah, that's really cool that you got to go second then to really help you out. <laughs> I've never thought about that. <laughs> oh, the Lord works in mysterious ways. <laughs> Isn't that true? <laughs> <laughs> that is really cool that I got to go second. That's funny. That's funny. Love it. Love it. Um, so... Next question. Uh, do you have a favorite cast member that you worked with uh, in Holes? Eartha Kitt. Um, yeah, I, I mean, Eartha was... Well, I, That's amazing. She was just unbelievable. I mean, mm -hmm. just a presence, just a force, you know, and so kind and so giving and so, so um, open. You know, she knew that it was on my first big film. That was my first big production in LA. And she knew, you know, and the thing is like, in a weird way, like everything's minor league. So you get to Los Angeles, this is the time it was that way. Like I'd done films, I'd done this. None of it mattered until like, you get to like the majors, right? And since we're talking to you, I was like, I went from college to like the NFL and it was my first big NFL game. And Eartha knew that. And I was like, can we run mine? And she was like, yeah, of course. Of course we can run mine. We run mine. And she's like, oh, I'll finish this, I'll finish this. Thank you. And then between takes, she was so she was so gracious. She would tell me stories. She knew that I she knew that I loved acting. She would tell me these stories about her and Marlon Brando. And there was there was no there was no technique. So what we would do is we would get together and we were in New York City. We'd walk around New York City at four in the morning and we'd, and we'd imitate all the people that we'd seen and all these creatures. And we would that's how we learned how to act. We didn't have teachers. We had each other. We had to observe others. And we would go out all hours of the night. And we'd find the most unique characters. And that's who we would come for each other. And I'm sitting there like <laughs> absorbing this, you know. I'm imagining Eartha Kitt and Marlon Brando walking around the streets of New York City at four in the morning 
<laughs> because they needed to learn how to act. They had to sing in them. They also needed to express. And there was no way, you know, Stanislav, I'm not going to give you the history back. But there was no, there was no real school of, now there's, there's several schools of technique. There was no real school of technique. So they wanted to get better and they wanted to get better. And they had to find a way to do that for themselves. Um, and that to me, again, it's like, it's that passion. It's that passion. She had it. And uh, she inspired that in me. And, and to get to work with someone like that, you know, how can't you? Uh, be inspired to perform and and, right. and how can't you feel comfortable and safe knowing that you know you're working with someone who will not let you fail yes. of course I killed it but like I'm just saying yeah uh, <laughs> that's amazing yeah she, yeah, she was absolute legend Earth a kid. Yeah. love her she was the coolest <clears throat> yeah um so do you kind of um before we kind of go on to something else do you have any other whole stories you would like to tell or you know anything else about that experience there are so many um <laughs> i don't know what i can tell um <laughs> it was you know here's a here's what oh, i wish i had it so there's a there's a lot of stories um but this is one of my favorite things and i know that i've i don't believe i've ever talked about this before um because i came from a theater background and i had a strong theater background and classically trained and i studied my whole life you know in theater everyone's part of the production. And so like you're down with like, every, it's a little different, but you're, you know, everyone's on the same team, you know, oh, that's the person, that's the lighting designer, that's, uh, that's um, the stage hand. And everyone's just like, whether I'm in front of the lights or they're backstage, like we're all very like on the same team. And when I, when I moved out here and it was my first production and my first film production, and I viewed everyone very much that same lens, like we're all on the same team. and. It was lunchtime and um, I went to have lunch and I sat down. So I sat across from a gentleman and he said to me, why are you sitting at our table? I said, what do you mean? He said, you're an actor. So I was with the actors. I didn't know that that's how it goes, right? I didn't know there's like, like, lunch, like lunch tables in high school or whatever, you know, and you all sit at your table. I was like, well, I said, what do you do? He said, I'm, I'm, um, I'm a set decorator. I said, really? Said, yeah. And I love set design. I love, I love all, I love it. Uh, tell me more and so he tells me all these stories and we become good buds and he always see me on set and I always see him um so the last night and I was the last I was the last shot of that film actually it's called a martini shot I was the last shot the um shot where I wake up on the boat and I'm like oh, I forgot that um was the last shot of the whole film and we're doing that and he comes up to me and he hands me this gift this gift wrap it's gift wrapped in um and a map of the desert that Holes was um, shot in where the kids were digging. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. And um, and he says, um, he said, hey, man, I just wanted to give this to you. I said, oh. he said, open it. And he had, it was cool too. He had it like also like uh, wound, like old timey, like very set desk, you know, like it looked like an old package. Like it was cool. Yeah. And he said, open it. You know, I'm on the boat. I'm on the, that's that, there was a boat. And I open it and it's the picture of me that hangs on the wall. Um, and in the yeah. movie, yeah, it's a yelling at house. And he was like, he was like, this is for you. He's like, I was like, thank you so much. The, 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 the daguerreotype was it. He said, thank you so much. He said, and don't worry, man. He's like, my, my decorated, I got you right in the shot. He's like, he can't miss you. Awesome. That is so special. Wow. So when you see when you see that, that was like very intentional. Like he lined it up like yeah. 
And then in the, um, I remember the film was coming out and I got a text from a friend. She said, I just saw you at a preview for a movie. And I said, but I went to the, I uh, went to a movie a day or two later, whatever it was. And yeah, sure enough, that panning shot, and I was like, oh, that's it. So um, that's one of my favorites. Oh. That's, that's, that's one of my favorite scores that I don't think I've ever shared with anyone. And I still approach it that way. Like, we're all still in the same you know? yeah. And background, especially background actors, I was one. I know what all of it is, you know, and I know that we're, we're here to, to create something just like we are today. Right, yeah. This podcast. Wow, that's so cool. What that's just the best souvenir I could think of. So hey, when y'all when y'all go watch the movie, keep an eye out. Now you know the story. <laughs> now we know. Yeah. Okay. Um, so still so talking about acting. Um, Paige asks, um, what's been your favorite role that you've played? Every role I've done has been my favorite, and as much as but I'm gonna answer this, and as much as I've gotten to do what I love for that day. And so every role for me is really special because it's I get to express something I get to I get to you know I get to work on my craft and I get to do what I love so every role to me is really special however um the role that I really love and you if you blink you'll miss it if you blink you're gonna miss it I love it um the Jessica Alba did a film called Honey I don't know how many years ago, say 15, 20 years. I, don't, I can't remember how long ago the film was from. And I had to do reshoots and they wanted to make her like, they want to like show her in her neighborhood, honey. Um, and I booked this role of neighborhood guy. Oh no, it was Puerto Rican teen. It was Puerto Rican teen, but they changed it to neighborhood guy. <laughs> I got the set, I was neighborhood guy. It's Puerto Rican teen. Um, and all I say is, what happens is she's walking down the street and she like bumps into me and I'm with like my homie and I'm like wearing like a gold chain and a hat and like a, um, uh, like a, like an undershirt, you know, like a muscle shirt. And I got a thick, you know, I'm like, and my hair was like really time. She bumps into me and I, I drop, I drop something. She picks up and she's like, yo homie, or hey man, you dropped, you dropped your paper. Just a stack of money. Cause I had like a big knot of cash on me. She's like, you dropped your, and also because honey's an angel. She's not going to keep that. She's like, you dropped your paper and I take it I'm like, oh, good looking now, honey. And then what I do is I do this reverse, like <laughs> I do like this reverse um, head thing, head wipe, like, right, like that. And why I love that is because I stole it from Ice Cube in the video. Today was a good day. <laughs> when he hits a triple double on the basketball court, and he goes like this. I always thought it was like the coolest thing in the world, right? It was the coolest thing in the world and I got to do it. And no one knows what it's from. No one will ever figure it out. But now I got to say, well, that's me. And I stole one of my greatest acting moments from Ice Cube of NWA fans. So, and I was a big NWA fan as a kid too. So that, I think that might be one of my favorite roles just because it's Ice Cube. That is iconic. <laughs> it is iconic. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> uh, good looking now, honey. Yeah, we're gonna have to go watch that movie now. <laughs> yes, yeah. you should, yes, you should. Thank you for that residual check in advance. Tell all of you fans. Okay, so going through your Instagram, we noticed um, some graffiti. So mm-hmm. let we want to hear the interest about that. Tell tell us all about it. All right, uh, I will right after this break. That's right. Stay Perfect. tuned. Graffiti. Let us hear about it. Yeah, okay, we'll talk about it. Um, yeah, that's, a, that's another, um, another thing I've never really talked about. This, this podcast has been super fun. Um, yeah, if you go through my Instagram, you'll see um, that I do, um, I do post graffiti. 
and it's graffiti that I've done, and it's also graffiti that other people have done. Um, and I do not, I think one of the reasons that I, I don't talk about this too much is because I, even in my personal life, I don't ever want to overstate my contribution to the, uh, the graffiti community and the graffiti culture at large. Um, but at that, in that um, same um, spirit, like I can't understate how much that, that culture um, has given to my life. And, and I guess just to tell you how it happened, this is it. Pittsburgh, again, had um, this thriving um, graffiti scene that, that popped. Well, there was a second wave that happened, like the late 80s, early 90s. And that's one that I really noticed. And this, this culture, this, this art form was taking, taking root in my city. Um, and I was you know, aware of it finally. I was, I was able to be aware of it. And I would see these names and I would see these um, tags. And I would see this art. And, I, and, I, and again, and I, and I loved it. I just, I, it just blew my mind. Like, who are these people? Why do they do it? Why does this look so cool? Like, how is this being done? And I knew these names. I was like maybe 11, 12 years old. I just loved it. I would just see it. I would take buses all over the city to go try to find it. I would have my mom drive me around like under bridges, like all these different places to try to see new pieces, who uh, pieces of like graffiti, uh, like the big uh, graffiti pieces, mm -hmm. see who was painting. Um, and of course, because, because I was passionate about it, I wanted to do it too. The problem was, I would learn this later, all the graffiti writers, and that's what like people might call them graffiti artists. Like if I call someone a writer, graffiti writer, I'm talking about graffiti artists. The majority of the, the graffiti writers on the east side of town, and I was in the south part of town. So, and this is before the internet and all that stuff. So if, if I was going to learn it, I would, I, it would have to be handed down to me by, by someone who knew how to do it. And there was nobody in my part of town who knew how to do it. There's no writers in my, in my neighborhood. So I went and I just started doing it um, terribly for about eight or nine years, I think. You know, I don't know how long, I, I probably about like six or seven years. I mean, off, off, because nobody ever showed me how to do it. I didn't know what I was doing, you know, but I was, again, it's that same thing. It's like, but I wanted to. I needed to get this out. So I was tagging, I was trying to paint pieces, I was doing my best, and it was awful. And let's put it this way, I don't know if I ever got good. However, around 18 or 19 years old, um, I would have these huge parties. And this, this was before, uh, before social media. So things are wild. These are like parties that like you would see in like movies, but that party was crazy. We would have <laughs> these big parties um, to pay rent, right? Um, and Everyone would be there. I don't know why this worked, but it did. We have like gangbangers, graffiti writers, athletes, dancers, acts, everybody, old people. Like, there was literally, I was like 18, 19, there'd be a line around my block for people trying to come into my party. And I would charge. I was 18, 19 years old and I was charging at the door. You couldn't come in. I would charge you. I'd charge you uh, five bucks a cup, three bucks to chill. And a cup gave you unlimited access to the cake, right? And then we had inside that, we had another dude, my other best bud. He was like 18, 19. He's bartending. So we're it's for, for a cash bar. So he's selling drinks off this cash bar, this little like in our dining room, right? Um, so these parties got like an underground reputation. Like, oh, like there's a party over on Niagara Street. Everyone was coming to these things, right? So um, these guys came in and they were like big graffiti writers in, in, in my town. And I knew who they were. They didn't know who I was. I knew who they were. And they're a little older than me. And, um, and I charged him. And, and the one dude, and this is important, the one dude, uh, he wrote Seth, S-E-S-K-E. -E, Seth, Seth, Bad Seth's money. This dude is like a legend. Like, this is like the guy in Pittsburgh. If you're a graffiti writer, you're like Seth, he's like king. 
And he comes in, he's like, yo, what's up? You know, I'm trying to come to your party. And I was like, all right, well, five, you know, three bucks a beer, five bucks a cup, three bucks a chill. I was like, what do you mean, chill, man? I got my own beer. I was like, I, I get it. But I'm going to charge you. Come in here. you have the greatest time of your life. You know, I'm, I'm going to charge you for it. And he was like, how is this dude, this little dude charging me? All right. So he, I charge him. He comes in. He has a great time. As he's leaving, he's like, dude, this is a blast. Please let me know when you have your next one. Like, no problem. I get his number. Uh, me and Seski like, oh, become like really close friends, like best friends. Like I got now, I got like another another very very close friend and we were like really close friends for like six months and like we'd go out and party and like just kick it you know and i knew who he was and he knew that i was next well the one night me and seth were up and we were um we we're drinking and, and we started talking graffiti we never really talked to the point so well, how do you know so much about this maybe just like an accident you know i said man i said well i'm nervous to tell you because i knew like all the history i knew all that stuff because i've been studying it and absorbing it like from the outside for so long I said, all right, man, I, I never told you this, dude, but I'm, I write too. And he's like, what? Because he just thinks, what are you? Like, we've been hanging out, like, all this. Like, what do you mean you write? And I told him what I wrote. And I was up. I was up. And not well, but I, my tag was up. And he's like, that's you? And I was like, yeah, dude. And I was like, I don't want to tell you because it's so bad. But, like, no one ever taught me how to do it. So I've just been, you know. And he's like, man, I'll take you out. He's like, I'll, t- I'll show you. I'll show you how. To- I'll take you out. And this is like a legend. You know what I mean? And he's taking yeah. me out, who's like, by all means, a toy. And that's what you would call someone who is very incapable of executing uh, well, uh, well done graffiti in that, in that world. Like, there's a toy, like there's like nothing, you know. But he didn't judge me for it. And he took me down to a train yard and taught me how to paint. I met a bunch of other graffiti writers. And these guys were great. And I'm not. And I wasn't. <laughs> But they were so welcoming and so encouraging and so supportive and just like, oh, like, we don't care about that. We just care about you as a person. Like, if you're a cool person, if you're a down person, if you're a respectable person, like, you get to be with us. You know, like, we don't, we don't judge that. We judge, like, you know, very much the content of your character, you know. And that, to me, became really important because that's also kind of how I started to approach. It, it, it opened up my eyes. Like, that's such a welcoming way to be. And that's how... I should approach everyone, not just like other graffiti writers, not just, just everyone. Like, and through that culture, of course, like I said, I never became like a king. I never wanted to be. I just wanted to do it. I loved it. But I made so many great friends and so many close connections. And those are still to this day some of my best friends in the world. I mean, my best friends in the world, not all of them. Some of them are doing real estate, but other ones are graffiti writers. You know, and I still love, I still love the culture. I still love the art form of it all. Um, and I still love expressing myself in that way. And um, I've lost people that were in, in it. You know, the last couple of things I've painted aren't, you know, I don't paint for my name anymore. Like, what am I going to do? Get rapid 40, 44 years. Like, I'm not trying to get like graffiti rap. I'm not trying to run the street. But it's a way, um, you know, for me to express myself and to honor some people that I've lost. And, you know, I'm, I'm like, all reward, no risk. I just go to some abandoned place where no, nothing bad's going to happen. I can take my time to be creative, enjoy myself. No one has to be bothered by it or like look at this ugly uh, piece. And I can just do it for me. And, um, and that's really important. You know, it's just another form of expression. And it's another, another one of those things I think like even like with Eartha Kitt and Marlon Brando, like if you have whatever your, whatever your passion is, whatever your spirit is, if it's in you, it's, it's going to come out, you know, no matter what, it's going to come out. Like you can't stop it. Like who you are is who you are. Um, and luckily, like who I was was accepted by this group of really wonderful people who uh, taught me a lot about myself and a lot about an art form that I really love. That's so beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing about that. Thank you for asking about it. Absolutely. Okay. Um, so we're gonna we're taking it back to your Instagram again. Oh. Um, we love looking at that and kind of seeing um 
Let's like we said, Instagram. follow at the lover. Great. Yes. Do it. Do it. Do it. <laughs> Shout out. We noticed that you talked about recovery on there. Mm. Um, and so mm-hmm. kind of a question we wanted to ask you, if you want to talk about that was kind of what, what was your motivation that kind of got you through that and got you to that? Yeah. 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 Thank you so much for asking. Um, and that is on my Instagram and um, I don't post a lot very often. I only post once a year um, on my, um, on my sobriety what we what I call what we call birthdays or some people call anniversaries and I post about it not for me but in case anyone's ever struggling the way that I was they know they can reach out to me um, and we can talk and people have and I've helped people and you know some people reached out and didn't make it you know it's sad too and that's also a reminder of why I um why I chose a life of recovery at least for today is that um you know, I was going down that path too. You know, I, I'd always been, I'd always been myself. I'd always been, uh, you know, interested in, in, in these pursuits of art and, and, and I'd always been talented and kind and friendly. I mean, some people might argue that, but I tried. Um, but I'd also always been using drugs and alcohol. And I've been doing that from a young age. of about 10 years old, I think I started. Um, and I did that for 30 years. And the the insidious thing about um about um drug and alcohol abuse is that you don't realize what it's doing to your life because and I'll speak for me like I couldn't see how much of my life I was starting to lose control over I lost control over and I was destroying until it had become too late um and I had two choices left you know it was going to be me or the bottle faced with those two choices I realized it would be crazy in this moment to take me let me try to get, let me try one more thing. And so I decided to, to go into recovery the next day. Um, and the reason was it, it all just became, it all just became too painful. Uh, it stopped working, you know, drugs and alcohol work, thank God for a long time. And I, I don't, I don't regret that. Um, but when it stopped working, it became quite a serious problem. And I didn't have any answers. And, and thank God I didn't have to because I had close friends in my life who did have an answer for me and they, um, they, they brought, brought me into recovery and I've been in recovery ever since. And my life has been so much better. You know, I got wow. my life back, you know, recovery isn't about um, recovering um, from drugs and alcohol. I mean, it is, but you know, the other thing I learned is that you actually recover your life. You know, I've, I've recovered my career. I recovered friendships. I've recovered relationships. Um, Africa. I, I recovered like money. Like, you know, I have that again, like in the, uh, in the bank, you recover everything. Your life comes back. Um, and then I wouldn't trade. And, you know, you also gain, you know, you gain a lot. I gain a lot of um, emotional experience that I didn't have before. You know, I've been able to um, experience life on life's terms, the good, the bad, the ugly, and it's all real. And that's to me better than any drug that I've ever taken. Cause that's a real trip man life <laughs> on life terms is like right. a real bit you know as an artist and as an actor I love that I love feeling a little bit uncomfortable seeing what's in there seeing what's going on you know being put out of my comfort zone because that's that's where you grow and one of the things that I learned is that you know there's no growth in comfort and there's no comfort in growth and that's been true and I've been growing steadily since I started recovering I has, hasn't always been comfortable but it's always been the right choice and you know if anyone's listening to this may ever uh, again, me uh, want to talk about it. Always reach out on Instagram. I'm always available, and I can tell you how I did it and what it's like for me. But yeah, it's a very important part of my life as well. And and 
I still get to do all the fun stuff. I still get to write graffiti. I still get to act. I still get to like, yeah, absolutely. I still get to like, I still get to do all the fun stuff. I just remember it all now. And it's awesome. <laughs> it's like, it's I'm the talking best. About. It's the best. It's the best for me. For me, for me, it's the best. It's the best. It's the best I've ever felt. Um, for me, it's the right choice. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing about that. And congratulations. And you're at four years now. Is that correct? Uh, I'll have four years. In, I don't know when this comes up, but I'll have four years, October 15th. Awesome. Well, happy early. I'm sorry. Well, what did you call it? Waldo? Yeah, one. We're just, we'll just deal with today. Happy right. today. Let's be happy, happy today. today. Yeah, that's happy how I today. do it. I want to be yeah, happy today. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. And um, one more thing kind of b- about that. If anybody out there is listening and they're wanting to get help about that, do you have um, any other resources that you know of that they could um, find? I that's a wonderful question. Um, I personally can only speak for me. Um, I, I will only say that if you, the only resource that, that I know, here's what I'll say. If they want resources, if they need help, please reach out to me and I will share. Um, and that's, that's the only endorsement that I can give. If, if, awesome. if you are having, if you want to talk, if you need help, please reach out. I'll, I'll, I'll get back to you and I'll share how, uh, how I did it. If it's, if it's a personal thing for somebody, we can definitely talk. Awesome. Thank well, you. yeah, thank you so much for and doing that. And if they're having problems, like there's a lot of great places out there. So kind of wrapping up, we have a few more questions from a few followers. Paige asked, again, what is your main ambition? Well, my main ambition is to be my best self. And that's it. I just realized that, like, I'm not going to do everything perfectly. I'm not going to do everything right every time. I'm going to try. I'm going to try to do my best. And I'm going to accept that sometimes I won't. And and not fighting that, that's also me forgiving myself for not living up to some expectations I set for myself. And that forgiveness, like self-love, is part of being my best. And I just try to do that every day. You know, if it's an audition, if it's going, if, if it's going to work, if it's being with a friend, if it's showing up with somebody else, being in a relationship, I just want to be my best self. And that changes daily. But I try every day. And what I know from doing that, and this goes back all the way to like when I even started acting, all the way from where I came from, all the way back, I've been, I've been trying to be my best. And maybe I only change like my direction, like there's like one degree off, you know, one degree off like the, off the path that I'm on. Maybe it only changed one degree. But if, if that pattern plays out, it gets one degree the next day and one degree the next day, 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 you're all the way over here, right? You're no longer on that path anymore. You've, you've, you've changed the course of your life. And, and for me, if I'm, if I'm always trying to make the best choices that I can, I'm changing my life for the better. So my goal, I think, what was the, my, my goal, my main ambition in life is just to be my best self. And that, that can change daily. And hopefully it does change daily, what that looks like. But in the end, it, it, it ends up, for me, being better. And God willing, it ends up being best. There you have it. All right. Well, oh, here's another question just to get to know you. We want to know what is your favorite place you've ever been? That's a good question. Um, (laughs) We love it. I'll say, I I think that I've traveled quite a bit. Um, I've been lucky enough to be able to do that. One of my favorite stories, it's from one of my favorite places. So I'll share that. I went to Vietnam about four years ago and me and I'm a good buddy. Uh, we rented these motor scooters. We were, we, were in, we were in Hanoi and we didn't like Hanoi very much. I mean, Hanoi's great. Shout out Hanoi. But 
we want to check out some other stuff. We want to get out of like the city. And there was a lot of beautiful country around us. And so the only way we figured we'd get there is by renting motorbikes. So we go down to the motorbike place and we rent these motorbikes. And I remember this guy being really happy about that. And he wasn't happy because we were renting motorbikes. He was happy because like these two Westerners were going to kill themselves. And he was going to be able to like keep that deposit. Like, there's no way these two dudes are going to be able to like navigate like the Viet- Vietnamese countryside, you know. Um, but we did pretty well, except I did wipe out on the way down. And we, we were uh-huh. out there far. Like, we were out there like this was like we're out there we were very much in like the country right well so i'm gonna fast forward a little bit so i i i i, I dropped the bike on the way down like i got injured but it wasn't major but it was like there's no hospitals or anything i can go to i, I was like cleaning it out with like vodka it was really weird and so we'd gone to this temple and when we were at the temple everyone started taking photos with us because they'd never seen westerners right it's like we were like rock stars or something <laughs> So that, but that, I, I only say that to like, let you know, like how far out we were, I was sitting down and my, my leg was hurting. That's what we're thinking. Like I was, I was in pain. You could tell that I was in pain, even though we were having fun, we were checking out the temple, I was in pain. And this old man, like this little old man came up to me and I was like sitting there. Nobody spoke uh, English. I didn't speak Vietnamese. Just, you know, everyone's like, what are these two doing here? And, and I'm hurting, but everyone's kind. Everyone's very, such a beautiful kind country, but I'm hurting. And um, this old man comes up to me and he's like super like old and like, just kind of like comes up slowly and like gingerly and like points to my leg and I'm like yeah 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 and he's like he like goes into like his little bag and he pulls out like this like salve of some sort and again I'm like washing that thing out with like vodka because like I don't have I I don't have access to like care that I can understand right everything's I have like this powder stuff it's everything's different um so he pulls out like this salve and he starts like it's okay to put and he starts like kind of putting it on and this is like bloody too you know what i mean and he yeah. starts like putting it on me and like i'm like oh cool and then like two minutes later his wife comes up and she looks at it she looked at him and she like slaps his hand like give me that you're doing it wrong <laughs> and she takes it and she starts putting it on he's like and we all look at he's like we he just looks like yeah well you know how it goes and she like starts walking away and it was the most human thing in the world like not not only were these people being so kind and like taking care of like an injured person but then just that like human thing like she's like you're doing it wrong (laughs) you know you just realize like people are just people everywhere you know and we're all here together and and we're all humans and um what we have is each other and i know that that's not always an easy thing to uh it's not always easy for everybody to cohabitate but at at, at the core of it all we're all the same and um I don't know. I think that that, that being me's experience just kind of summed that up for me. So I think that I love Vietnam. I love it. Um, that's probably one of my favorite places I've been, but that's definitely one of my favorite travel stories. That sounds like a really cool trip. I want to go to Vietnam now. Yeah. Oh, and we just... returned the bikes. We returned the bikes, and the dude was just like, no way. Like, he, he looked like he saw a ghost. <laughs> love, he's just like, you did it? Because we were at. Yeah. That's so we did nice. Bike. Yeah. Full deposit back. Full deposit back. <laughs> um, so kind of wrapping up our final two questions. Stacy asked, Waterburger or In and Out? I'm pescatarian. Well, I'm vegetarian now. I don't eat any of it. Okay. However, okay. wait, Stacy, I got something. If you heard if you if you've been listening to this podcast and not hear me answer a, a question for like 15 minutes, of course I have an answer for this. Um, <laughs> in and out. 
on their secret menu has grilled cheese animal style and it's mm. off the hook so okay. i could eat it in and out so i love it animal style right. yeah so i get grilled cheese animal style with in and out so what 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 a burger i don't even know what that what is it what a burger i don't know and it's a texas life. staple it is come on they, they have the grilled cheese i think they do they the do they actually do on the kids menu i eat the patty melt i don't know okay get yours yeah so for me right now in and out i haven't tried the whataburger grilled cheese but if it changes right. i'll let you know all right okay. sounds good final question that we ask everyone who's going to come on our podcast um when do you think it is the for you is the best time to go grocery shopping like what day of the week and what time <laughs> Morning, night, yeah, evening. Yeah, great question. Great question. Great question. First off, know. for me, for me, I um, I have like I suffer from like really bad like uh, ADHD and anxiety and PTSD. I will get deep, right? So grocery stores, grocery stores overwhelm me like to death. People overwhelm <laughs> me. The shelves overwhelm. I I cannot focus in a grocery store, and like waiting in line. I'm getting better at my practice patience. So. Um, I have to go on like a Tuesday at like noon when nobody's there and I can't go to any grocery store. I can only go now. I can only go. I used to have two that I could go to, but I can only go to one of the Trader Joe's in my neighborhood that I can hit because I know all the aisles of all the aisles. I know where everything is. And so I can block out all the other stuff and just go. And I also have to have music playing in my ears so that I don't get overwhelmed by all of the um, atmosphere. So I go, I go. At noon, when there's less people, I can only go to one Trader Joe's and I have to have my music on. So if you see me, I'm, I'm not talking to you. I'm not being rude. I'm just hyper-focused <laughs> on getting out. He's on a mission. Y'all. We get it. And they, they closed my other side, another grocery store that I had to, to lay out memorized. And that was a killer grocery store because Trader Joe's doesn't have everything. That one did and they closed it. So now I'm just back to Trader Joe's until I can like overcome my fear of groceries, grocery aisles. Well, awesome. I think that perhaps of all we had to ask, did you have anything else you wanted to talk about or anything? Go Steelers. Go Steelers. You heard it here first, folks. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for agreeing to meet with us. Just DMing us back, honestly. Honestly, Thank you so much. (laughs) Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it was was a lot of fun. We've been looking forward to this and we've been telling everybody. So awesome. Yeah, well, when it comes out, I'll definitely be po- I'll, I'll definitely post about it and I'll share awesome. it too. And I'll, I'll try to get you guys some listens. And um, thank you. Thanks so yeah, much. Super, super fun. Thank you so much. Well, you heard it here, folks. And that was our interview with Damien Lavara. Thank you so much again for being on, and thank you, out, everyone out there listening, for listening and supporting, and for supporting us. Yeah. Thank y'all. Have a great night, evening, day, morning, life, year, and we'll catch y'all next episode. Go watch holes. Bye. Bye, y'all.